This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to pick up with the second part of Matthew chapter 18. And the disciples, they wanted to know who was the greatest or who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And they didn't get the answer that they were looking for. That's for sure. And Jesus takes this child and he says, you got to be like this child if you even want to get into heaven. And you got to learn some humility, which was his whole uh, reason behind grabbing this child. And this this theme of humility is going to continue all throughout this chapter. And we'll see that as we break it down. Uh, as he continues to use this child as an example, as an illustration, uh, he is he's, he starts condemning the world and, and how people is going to be a stumbling block to believers because temptation is always going to be there. Um, and so he says we need to practice humility. And this is going to spark one of the, the most well-known parables from Jesus. But before we get into that parable... I want to talk to you about something that Jesus says while having this conversation with his disciples. And it's found in Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, when Jesus says, Beware. And you got to keep in mind, he's got that child right there with him and with the disciples. And he's saying, you got to be like this child. He says, Beware that, that you don't look down on any of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels, T-H-E-I-R, their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly Father. Now, <laughs> I'm just going to admit right off the bat that I'm not 100% certain. I'm not 100% sure what Jesus means by this because I've never been to heaven, nor have I seen an angel. But I believe exactly uh, what it says, that it means exactly what it says. Uh, when I was growing up in my childhood home, there was a picture that, that hung in the kitchen uh, as you walked into the kitchen. It was right there on the wall to the left. I can see it just like it was yesterday. And that picture had, uh, there was a bridge and a river, the bridge going over the river, and the river is pretty rough, and the bridge was real, it was in rough shape. It was missing stuff you know steps and you could step through the bridge if you wasn't careful and there's these two little kids uh, uh, an older a little older girl and a, a young little boy who are crossing that rickety old bridge across that raging river and the little girl has a basket on her arm or she's holding it in her hand and then she's got her hand on the little boy and the little boy's got this surprised like this scared look on his face because he's scared about crossing that rickety bridge but then as you're looking at this little boy and this little girl uh, there's this huge white figure in the background and that figure is an angel and the the the, i believe the name of the the picture is the guardian angel not 100 percent sure about that but when i googled the guardian angel it did come up um so uh, but I can remember that picture just like it was sitting right before my very eyes uh, to this day. Um, so the question has to be asked, do we have, or at least do children have, guardian angels? 
And, you know, just off the cuff, I want to say yes. Because, like I mentioned, that's exactly what Jesus said. Let me reread what Jesus said. He says, Beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven, there, T-H-E-I-R, there, these little ones, their angels, are always in the presence of my heavenly Father. Um, so, I just have to take Jesus at face value, like I said, because I've never been to heaven. And if, if, if Jesus says there's angels in heaven that for these little children, then I'm going to take him. At, I mean, there, there's, there's millions upon millions upon millions of angels. So why not? Um, when, I, when I was growing up, uh, I was uh, scared of the dark. And I'll, I've never forgotten this. I'm 50 years old. And I don't remember how old I was back then. You know, I had a lot of childhood trauma. Uh, my dad committed suicide when I was three years old. I was raised by an abusive stepdad, uh, not sexually, but physically and mentally. And uh, um, so it, it was it was rough. And I can remember I, I was scared of the dark. I, I, I always slept in the bed with my brother. And when I, cause I was, he was 10 years older than I am. So I, I, I was just a little kid. And, uh, I remember one night going to sleep and you know, you, you get to that point where you're, you're falling asleep, but yet you're kind of alert to what's going around, going on around you. Well, I heard this noise is like that, like something just brushed up against the wall, just ever so gently. And it was enough to catch my attention and my eyes just popped wide open but I didn't see anything. Nothing was there. And I mean, almost immediately. And I don't remember how old I was, four, five, six years old. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I just remember thinking, that was an angel. That was God's angel watching over me as I go to sleep. And I have never, ever forgotten that moment. Uh, and I remember, what I remember, I used to play with a Southern Gospel group back in West Tennessee, and we would travel around the local areas and, and, and play. And there was a local Southern Gospel group. And I, I can't remember their name for the life of me. I, I, I can see their faces, and I, 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 can, I can hear their voices, but I cannot remember uh, the name of their group. But they, they had, uh, had written this song called, He's Got an Angel Watching Over Me, because one of them... Uh, had cancer or something was wrong with him and and he wrote this song from that perspective that God's got an angel watching over him that he's going to be taken care of regardless of what happens with his situation and and I can just I'll never ever forget and me being 50 years old now that moment that night going to sleep and hearing that noise brush up against that wall and the first thought that came to my mind was God's angel is watching over me. He's got my back, and I just went right back. I just went right to sleep. And like I said a while ago, there there are just legions and legions, just myriads, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels. It's like when when the shepherds, when the angel came and announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds, what happens? A whole heavenly host of angels appear in the sky out of nowhere and start singing praises to God. So if God wants to assign an angel to kids or to every 
person that ever comes on the face of the earth. That's great. That's awesome. I'm all for it. But see, a problem that we're going to run into if we say that God gives us a guardian angel, well, people are going to use that against God, and they're going to say, well, if that kid has a guardian angel, then, then why did this happen to them? Why didn't the guardian angel just swoop down and, and protect them from this situation that has happened in their life? Because there's a lot of bad stuff. There's a lot of evil in this world. And there are a lot of evil people who do evil things to children. And there's not an angel swooping down to rescue them. So do they have guardian angels? Well, I'm going to let you hash that one out on your own because people have uh, uh, talked about this for a long time. A whole lot more smarter people than I am who know a whole lot more than I do have tried and tried to break this down and, and give us an answer. But the bottom line is, this one verse is all we have in the Bible about people having a guardian angel or children having uh, guardian angels. So I'm just going to take Jesus at face value and go with what Jesus says. And, and you can you can decide on what you want to believe about that. Because you know what? It, it doesn't matter to a hill of beans if, uh, to our salvation. Um, so if, if God wants to give us an angel, I'm all for it. Hey, all right. But if not, I know I'm, I'm still watching the blood of Jesus. And if I die, if something happens to me and the guardian angel doesn't swoop down and protect me, then, you know, I'm going to take my last breath and I'm going to go and, and meet all the angels that are in heaven. And I'll get to know them by name. I'm going to spend eternity with them. So it's a win-win situation regardless. So let's move on. I want to get to this parable that Jesus gives. Uh, and keep in context now that what's going on. The disciples have asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus is using this child as an illustration. And, and it's still going on. Jesus still has this child with him. And he tells his disciples, he says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I'll tell you the truth. He will rejoice over it more than the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it is not my heavenly... Is it not? In the same way, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. So if we keep this parable in context, then the sheep that Jesus is referring to here are children because he's got that little child beside him. And he even mentions it there at the end in verse 14 that the, uh, his heavenly father uh, doesn't want any little one to perish or to be lost is what he's saying. Children have, well, he's, he's referring to children and he's referring specifically to children who have humbled themselves and are submitting to him. And those children are the 99 that stayed around. But, there's always, it seems to be always, that one sheep who loses its humility. That one sheep who humbled himself and gave themselves over to Christ and had been washed in the blood of Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit. But for whatever reason, something's come along and they have allowed pride to creep back in there always seems to be one of those kind of sheep that has lost its humility 
And what happens is that one sheep has been enticed by something from outside the herd. Maybe they're bored with the herd. I don't know what's going on with this one sheep, but something has caught their attention from outside the herd and they got to go check it out. So they wander off. Now think about it. What did Jesus just talk about to his disciples? We covered it in the last podcast. He, he talked about causing other people to stumble and how the world has nothing to offer but temptations. And he says how, how horrible it's going to be for the person who is doing the tempting and causing people who follow him to fall, to stumble. Jesus says that temptation is inevitable. We can't avoid it, but we can choose not to give in to that temptation. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Paul writes, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. Now, the devil, who is the ruler of this world, we talked about that on previous podcasts, for now, he's the ruler of this world because he was cast out of heaven. And Jesus says he's the prince of this world. He's the ruler of this world. The devil uses the same old tactics, and we've talked about this several times in previous podcasts. He uses the same old tactics that he used in the garden with Adam and Eve. But, just as we are tempted by the devil using his same old tactics, we fall. We, 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 we get enticed and it gets our attention. And we, we want to, ooh, that fruit does look pretty good. Let me go out there and try a bite. And that's what Eve did. And then she gave it to Adam. And, and, and so the devil, he knows what we like. And he knows what's going to get our attention. And so he wants us to stumble. He wants us to fall. And he can use a family member. He can use a loved one. He can use a co-worker. He can use a friend, a best friend. He can use all kinds of stuff. All kinds of people to get to us because he knows. He's smart. He's very powerful. And he knows He knows what gets our attention. And, and, and if he can get our attention, get us a, a walking away from God and toward that temptation, he's hoping we'll snag it and just fall for the whole thing. And, and next thing you know, we're like that sheep. You know, we were full of humility and we were walking with Jesus. We, were, we had given our lives to Jesus and we were doing his will, but this thing over here caught our attention and we, we, we were enticed by something. And we went astray from the shepherd who is Jesus. Why? Because we lost our humility and we let pride creep back in. The flesh got to us and we decided to gratify the flesh. And the awesome thing about our shepherd, Jesus, is that he understands the power of temptation and he understands the power of sin. He knows how hard the struggle is. That's why the Hebrew author, the writer of the book of Hebrews, he tells us that Jesus was tempted in every way that we were tempted, yet he never sinned. But he knows the struggle of sin. He knows the power and how hard that struggle is. But Jesus says, I got you. I got your back. I, 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 I'm going to take care of you. And, and so he, our shepherd, Jesus, he comes when, even when we go astray and he rescues us. Listen to what Jesus says at the end of the parable. He says, in the same way, 
It is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. So he, he's sitting there and he's holding this child and he says, my father doesn't want any of these little ones to perish. In other words, my father doesn't want any of these little ones to go to hell. He didn't want to say that in front of the child. He puts it in a nicer, kinder sounding way in front of this child. But he's telling his disciples, my father doesn't want anybody to perish. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He, he doesn't want anybody to be separated from him for eternity. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm going to die on the cross for the sins of man. I'm going to give my life. I'm going to lay it down. And, and I, I'm going to take it up again in three days. I'm going to come out of that tomb victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And, and I'm going to give people the opportunity to have their sins forgiven. And, and I'm going to pay their sin debt. And, and I'm going to reconcile people to my Father. They can be uh, friends again with my Father. All because of, of what I'm going to do on the cross. And the blood that I'm going to shed. And that's what he's going to be. That's what all this is leading up to. We're in Matthew chapter 18. We're getting pretty close to the cross. And so... God doesn't want anybody to perish. But unfortunately, because of pride, people choose to perish. They don't choose to humble themselves before God, before Jesus. They don't choose to put Christ on in baptism. They don't choose to be filled with, with God's Holy Spirit. They want to try to make it on their own. And, and it doesn't work that way. Especially when Jesus says, I'm the only way. I am the way, the truth, and life. No man can come to the Father except through me. John 14. Verse 6. So after this saying this parable, Jesus goes into the importance of dealing with sin and how we should uh, deal with sin, especially amongst believers. Um, he's already mentioned the world's going to tempt you and temptations are going to come. But now he's going to deal with, with the inner circle. He's going to deal with um, people who have given their lives to him. They're, they're following Jesus. In verses 15 through 20, he says, If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again, so that everything that you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church then, if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. I tell you the truth, wherever you for, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And I also tell you this, if two of you agree on, here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three, get, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. So, one of the worst things that we can do as a, a, a member of the body of Christ, watching the blood of Jesus, is, you know, even though uh, we're forgiven of our sin, and it doesn't mean that that's past, present, and future sins. It does not mean that we are perfect. It does not mean that we're never going to sin again. We are going to continue to sin, and that's what makes God's grace and His mercy so awesome. And what happens is when people sin, they hurt other people. And, and the worst thing that we can do when it comes to sin amongst the brethren is ignoring that sin. Because what happens when we ignore when somebody hurts us? It just festers. And the next thing you know, bitterness can grow, grudges can, can form, and we just hang on to it. Why? Because 
We just ignored it instead of dealing with it when we should have dealt with it in the very beginning and squashed it like a little bug. And so what happens is we're, we're afraid of hurting somebody's feelings, and especially in our day and time. And, or we don't like conflict altogether, so we just keep our mouth shut. And the problem is if we keep silent, that is almost as saying, okay, I agree with your, your sin. I should be confronting your sin, but I'm going to stay silent because I don't want to hurt your feelings or I don't want to uh, cause uh, um, chaos or confusion. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I don't want any conflict, so I'm just going to keep quiet. But because, we, you know, we're afraid that people are going to say, you're judging me. And, and the, the thing about this is it, Jesus is telling us to do this. This is not judging. It, judging, I, it's not my place to put you in heaven or hell. It's my place to tell you how to get to heaven, and it's my place to help you on your journey to heaven. And so uh, it is my place. It is your place. If I'm in sin, I would hope and pray that you would love me enough to, to be able to confront me and come to me and say, Hey, you are in sin. You, you are going against the will of God by making this decision that you're doing. You are, you are sinning. You are pulling yourself away from the will of God. Uh, you are walking away from God if you continue in this sin. I mean, think about it. If, if you have a loved one that is sick, what do you do with them? You, you take them to the doctor. You, you, you hear this cough. You, hear, uh, you see the snotty nose, and they're telling you they have a headache or they have this symptom or that symptom. And so you take them to the doctor so they can get help, so they can get medicine. And, and, and therefore, uh, they get the medicine or the help they need, and they get better again. Well, it's the same thing with sin. Sin is a sickness. Sin is a disease that we all have. Romans 3.23 says we are all sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory of of god and we all need help and and so uh we we need to we need to point out when our brothers and sisters in christ are in sin not in a judgmental way but in a loving way just look hey you 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 need help if you continue down this path it's going to lead you away from jesus and if you don't repent of your sin which means to turn away from it and turn back to jesus there, there's a great opportunity that you're going to be lost and you're going to miss out for eternity. You're going to miss heaven. That's not judging. That, that's showing love, actually. James chapter 5, verse 19 and 20 says, My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, consider this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Well, the only way that we can save somebody from their sin is to confront them. And that's what Jesus said right off the bat. He said, you go to them one-on-one. You don't have to announce it to the world. You just go to them in private and say, hey, you're in. this is sin and you need to turn away from this. And if they listen, hey, you won your brother or you won your sister. But if they don't listen, you don't just ignore it. You, you, you go and you get a couple of witnesses. You go to the elders of your church and say, this is going on. I need you to go with me so I can confront this person with witnesses. And hopefully they will listen. And Jesus says, if that doesn't work, then you bring it before the whole congregation and you let the whole congregation know what's going on. And I've actually seen this happen at a church that I used to attend uh, when I was younger. And it worked. Um, this person was uh, living in adultery. And the, the church um, 
went through all these steps and uh, I guess what they call it as communication or as communicator whatever whatever they call it they 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 have told this person they can uh, that they are no longer safe in the arms of Christ because they're living in sin and this person repented and and, and came back uh, to Christ and, and and changed their lifestyle which is awesome that, that that's the whole point of of going to people that are uh, they're following Jesus but all of a sudden they have dropped their humility and they're filled with pride and they're making selfish sinful decisions we must confront them in 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 the brotherhood that's what Jesus says to do and we do it in a loving way here's why I want to end the podcast Jesus you know there, I start off the podcast talking about guardian angels I don't know if we have guardian angels or not but you know, there's a possibility that you could be my guardian angel. There's a possibility that I could be your guardian angel. And what I mean by that is this. If you come to me and tell me I'm in sin, and I, re- and I realize that I'm in sin, and I repent, and I say, you're right, I'm, I'm, i i got to turn from this, i got to put this down, i got to quit doing this, and I turn back to Jesus, did you not guard me from hell? Did you not guard me from sin, did you not snatch me away from the devil's hands and turn me back in the right direction that I should be going? To me, that that's guarding, <laughs> and to me, you would be an angel, and I hope it would be uh, the same as if I was to come to you and confront you in your sin. That that's not judgment; that is love. So maybe if you don't believe in guardian angels. Maybe now you do, as the way I've explained that, as you saving me from the pits of hell or me saving you from the pits of hell. You have literally guarded my soul from going to hell because of my pride. I couldn't see that I was in sin or because of my pride. I didn't care that I was in sin, but you came and shared Jesus. You shared grace. You shared mercy with me and compassion in a loving way, and you and others were uh, long-suffering. You're patient with me. And now I have repented and of that sin, and I've turned back to Jesus. You have literally guarded my soul. And to me, that is a guardian angel. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. And we'll pick it up with the third part of chapter 18 and finish that chapter up. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to The Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share The Grounded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.